All right. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the A Show. It is episode 16. Wow, we're here. Are we are we live? Are we here? Are yeah, we we're really live. doing this? We're really, we're really live. We're doing this. We we have had to go through quite the ordeal to bring I have this to pee. But you know what? I'm, I'm sacrificing that to to do the podcast for what what may be an hour, hour and a half. But you know, I think my bladder is pretty resilient. It's almost a Roman rest, Roman Reigns esque quality. For maybe wow. Miz, your bladder could not. Your bladder can hook up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something along those lines. But it's it's gonna last. It's, it goes. You know, it'll, it'll last. I think I'll last. Um, if right. I don't, I'll just be. You know, you just hear the sounds of me tinkling over the podcast. But we're here. Do it in a cup. Do it in a cup. Like, no, you got that's a cup. too much noise. That's it's the echo. All this other stuff. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But it, it has been a great week in wrestling. We have uh, a special guest, rather, to help us out this week. He actually won our Royal Rumble pool last week. And uh, we had, of course, we had Rob on the show last week. Shout out to Rob. Thanks for being on the show. But we, we kind of met Damon, uh, Jimmy Kimmelton, where we were like, we kind of ran out of time and we didn't have time to like get him on. <laughs> so, so as a, as a constellation, we have the male winner, uh, or not the male winner. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. <laughs> we have, we have the winner of the male rumble pool. Uh, Amp Pavelli is here. Random Acts of Podcast. What's going on, Amp? Uh, not much, man. I'm glad to finally be on the A Show, man. Yeah, you're on. You're on the real. You're on the real A Show now, buddy. Oh lord, but I'm glad I won the uh, Sweet State. Shout out to Ed McMahon out here, but uh, <laughs> shout out to y'all, man. Feel good to finally be on the A Show, man. Even though y'all kind of disrespect SmackDown. Well, not not, not even y'all. Just uh. Justin, he disrespects SmackDown. Road Dog disrespects so SmackDown. Road yeah, Dog disrespects yeah, SmackDown. Uh, that is a, that is a bad show. That's a bad show. We'll, we'll talk about SmackDown in, in a few, but um, you actually won. It, it's funny how you actually won the, the pool because you tried to sell your number. Yeah, I tried to. Um, I was, I'm the Ted DiBiase of the chat, so I was trying to sell my uh, sell my number to uh, Cliff. <laughs> he didn't want to copy, so hey, his loss. Cliff could have won. This could have been Cliff. This could have been Cliff. It would have been totally different, totally different place, totally different time. But you know what? We, you know, we're here. Shout out to Amp Ampavelli, uh, <laughs> leader of the of the Random Acts of Podcast, alongside Devin. Um, which I mean, you guys post episodes so like frequently now. I don't even know like a firm day of the week to. Yeah, I see. Yeah, well, I see the links every yeah. day. Yeah, we dropped uh well we did the twelve days of podcast, or we did twelve podcasts in twelve days. And then I think the other week we dropped like three episodes in one week. I don't think I'm gonna do one this week. I'm gonna um promote this A show. So I'm gonna take a I'm take a week off just to promote this. You deserve it, man. Wow, it's yeah. lit. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. Uh and I I guess let's just get into it. I I mean just it's a pretty. We got a pretty packed no holds bar this week, and we're gonna get right into no holds bar for the week. Uh, the first thing that, that we have on the table, uh, Two Hundred Five Live has a new creative direction under Triple H or Paul Levesque, um, and this was just revealed today. Rather, after you know two, I want to say even three stellar Two Hundred Five Live shows, which have even made me start the show. 
um, it's been revealed that Vince McMahon has stepped away from the show as create as the creative voice of the show and put things in charge uh, and, and gave things rather to Paul Levesque and his team of Adam Pierce and one of the head writers uh, who are now writing 205 Live. I think we've all seen the differences of in the show. There's no more comedy bullshit. There's no more backstage interviews and stuff like that. It's mostly just focusing the wrestling. Even the, the commentating is more like the CWC. It's it's wild because I should have seen it and I yeah. didn't notice it. I, and it's weird that that like Enzo leaving is really the end of an era for Two Hundred Five Live. Like really, the it's the point where Vince McMahon threw his hands up. Is like I don't want anything to do with this show anymore. If we don't have Enzo to put over characters and everything like that, I don't want anything to do with it. And now Triple H is running it, and I should have seen it because then I was out. You know, you see the influx of you know the UK talent. Tyler Bate on the show last week in the main event. And this week we had, you know, Roddy, um, Roderick Strong. And we should have seen it coming. I don't know. It, 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 it's cool. It's cool at, at that. Yeah, I definitely didn't notice that uh, Vince was, like, running the show. But it kind of makes sense because uh, that that whole uh, thing with Noam Dar saying Alicia Fox to sound like Alicia yep. Fox. That sounds like yeah. something Vince would do. <laughs> that sounds like something only Vince would think is funny. So Vince running that show makes a lot of sense now. Even just the small stuff on 205 Live, it's different now where it's like um, we're, we're noticing there's longer matches and we're noticing that I really want to keep it 100. Paul's guys, I like to call them Paul's guys. Like Paul's guys are the are the main focus on this show. And you look at the first the first episode uh, of of new redesign or, or the or the new uh, tournament it was tjp and tyler Bate, and now on this episode it's hit the and roger strong like these are all paul's guys it feels good yeah i i really like the new direction and, and we'll we'll get into more of 205 live uh, later in the show but i i think it's it's, it's all for the good um the next point i want to talk about on the show today is the andre the giant memorial battle royal getting a bigger role due to the uh, upcoming documentary that drops in april um i'm not in, in what way do you, do you guys think that this battle royal is going to change and did you ever really care about it i cared about it the year that cesaro won when he body slammed big show out the ring that was like one of the only years i ever cared about it other than that not really it's not I consider it just a pre-show match. So I'm not sure what they can possibly do to it to make it like more prestigious, probably uh, maybe add like a match where like they get like a chance to go for the secondary title. Maybe. Yeah. That'd be cool. I, I, I you know what? I'm a sucker for a battle Royal. And I like the fact that it gets a lot of people on the card that you wouldn't previously have seen before. Like, you know, a few years ago, we had the Damian Sandauer Mizdow, and he got his real good, you know, shine in that match. And you see Cesaro, and what it's done for Baron Corbin, even though Baron Corbin is now a loser again. But <laughs> it's uh, it's it's done good. I I like it in terms of a higher profile. I would probably just say they would probably put it on the main card of the show, make it an actual yeah, attraction on the show. They probably will do that, and they probably will add actual. Not just like you know fodder or filler talent. They'll probably add someone huge. Like it, it doesn't look like it'll be big show since like his hip surgery is. You know he's not going to be done by hip surgery uh, in a minute. But you know they could add someone. You know Seth Rollins has been screwed out of uh, two programs by oh, now. God. Oh, <laughs> do, you, 
how would you what's the like the i just feel like anyone who's in that match there's a stigma attached to them where it's like they're a jobber or there's somebody that, that's booking forgot about and they all show up together there's not even like everyone gets an entrance it's like they all walk down like, yeah to like whatever flow rider song is the wrestlemania theme and then even though they had that one year where Shaq got an entrance i was like Shaq, and he came out to designer remember that shit that was terrible. Uh, <laughs> yep. I was there. You know it's funny you bringing that one up? That's the one Baron Corbin won, and I was there, and nobody noticed Baron Corbin was in that match because the main focus <laughs> was Christ. Big Show and Shaq. So, like, once Baron Corbin won, I was like, ain't that dude from NXT? Like, what the hell? <laughs> and, was, and at that point, and it was Baron Corbin. And he was a dweeb then, too, so it was like he was even worse. Hey, I think yeah, I, well, obviously, bigger dweeb, one of the one of the worst book characters on SmackDown. But um, I I don't, I don't know. Like I I think that the idea is cool. I think that the the trophy's cool, but it only really meant something that first year. Like then they forget about it. Um, if they want to make a, a bigger you know a bigger focus on it, sure. But I I just think it's gonna be another match. So I, I have to see why why or and how it's so important and what big name they put there to make it seem important. I think I think well, that'll I be the most important yeah, part. I think they have no choice because if you look at the Russell the potential WrestleMania card, it's gonna be a lot of big quote unquote big name dudes without matches this year. Cause I don't yeah. think Bray's Randy gonna have Orton. a match. Randy Orton's probably not gonna have a match. Randy Orton's probably gonna have to be in this uh battle royal, so they really have no choice but to make it look pre- prestigious this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, Probably Sammy and Kevin, you know. Yeah. Oh, God. No, I think they'll have a match. <laughs> yeah, I think I so, so. Whether it's like I think a they'll multi-man have- like, tag match, they're going to they gonna be in a match. Yeah, they're going to have like some sort of match. And, and, and if they, I think we might get like a tag team ladder match for the, for the tag team titles or something like that. Um, I well, we'll get down to SmackDown because I, I I'm going to tell you my my theory on SmackDown. Um, the other, the next news point is Jason Jordan uh, actually underwent neck surgery this week. Um, it's been reported for a while that he's been having uh, nagging injuries. He's been off TV for I want to say a month and a half. He hasn't been on TV, not on TV, but he hasn't been wrestling uh, for a month and a half. And on house shows, he he's largely relegated to um, staying on the on on the apron and doing some heel type stuff. But they announced that he had the surgery the night after all on Tuesday. But the only thing is that there is no uh, timetable for his return. I do. I did say when they lost the titles um, at Royal Rumble that I felt as though this was them saying, OK, he needs to go take a break. And then the further write off was on Raw on, on Monday. But this is this really sucks for Jason Jordan. I think he's doing a great job. Man, if this write-off is Kurt telling him to go home, <laughs> that is sad. Um <laughs> Well, they can't hurt. They can't hit him. They can't do anything like crazy. Yeah, but they, they could. He could, you know. Jason Jordan could reveal his evil plan, and he could fire him or suspend him. But just to say, like, go home and don't come back. Cool off, and just like he's out for a year or something. I don't know. Can they but, do like yeah. a fake beatdown or something? Where like Jason Jordan's like already beat up in the back? It's implied yeah. that he's beaten down. <laughs> yeah, he's in the like in um, uh, and he shows up like like Marcus Houston, and you got served. <laughs> and if heaven wasn't by the way like that's <laughs> shout out the big emerald <laughs> oh my god yeah it's a you know it's sad because he's had a lot of momentum 
I think maybe those rolling Northern Light suplexes probably had an effect on it. Because sure. just the way he was pulling them off and sort of rolling through it, it couldn't have been you know, good for just to bridge on that neck so many times and put so much pressure on it time after time and time after time again. That's a good uh, point. Shout out to Ben Coyle for saying uh, that Jason Jordan really wants to be Kurt Angle's son for real. Yeah. Neck injury? Look at that, man. I don't know if he got the same, you know, surgery that Kurt got in like 2003 where he was only out for like three months or something, three or four months. He wasn't. It seems like a minor. Yeah, it seems like a minor uh, surgery where he may be able to to be back before the summertime. But I think mania is completely out of the question. And I mean, where does that leave Seth Rollins? Like we just said, Seth Rollins doesn't have a match right now. He's been screwed out of like two programs. And I thought I I think everyone thought that the the program that they were going to put him in was Dean Ambrose. And now he has nothing. I mean, they could figure something out. I, I don't have a plan for Seth Rollins right now because I think, you know, anything besides probably The Miz, anything would be rushing it because you could just really just throw The Miz in anything. Uh, but, yeah. Battle Royal. Is it Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? Yeah. Seth Rollins? I think, I think Miz is for sure getting a match, a uh, one-on-one match at the at, uh, at Mania. I, but yeah, I, I think all, so, too. I've always thought that that was Finn Balor's spot, though. I think that's Finn Balor's spot and nobody else's right now. Because if you look at and we'll get to this on Raw, but like, I, I think that's where it's going to be. Seth Rollins, though, this, this goes back to my theory that every time you have a match against Triple H at WrestleMania, you go downhill directly after. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jericho. Jericho. <laughs> Stan uh, Roman Bryan. <laughs> Stan Bryan. Uh, Roman Reigns. Remember, after he did that, he got popped right after that. Oh, yeah, he uh, did. Well, he did. <laughs> Am said Sting. <laughs> yeah, Sting, for sure. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it's, the Triple H WrestleMania know, match is the Madden curse. That's terrible. That's a terrible thing to say. I mean, the man gets in great shape. He gets the ultra tan of a lifetime. His wife is never, there but, in some demonic costume. But he's never been, like, the Mania main event guy. And that's no. been the thing since... since 2000 it's like he's always tried to do the mania main event and it's just never been what it could be for for some other person like and i get he wants to make guys like i really think the daniel bryan triple h match is like one of his best matches ever yeah but it just not making the guys look good after they come out of it like seth rollins was lost after that match last year yeah I mean, I have to agree with you. It's a, I, I don't think they sort of plan. They, he spends a lot of time planning it because it's it, because it's Triple H. He, he invests in sort of this long-term storyline that may start even the year before, but then it's like, where do you go from there? Um, yeah. But, but you, know, you know, good luck to Jason Jordan, and hopefully, you know, he gets better soon and he's able to do things. Because he was really on a momentum. Like, the, the character was very nuanced. Um, the, he was doing all the right things, I think. And then, you know, it just injuries that plagued him. Unfortunate mania season injuries. It started, it started off rough. And there's a lot of unfortunate mania injuries just every year. But, like, he started off rough. But I, I really started to come around to him. And he really – he just sucks up heel heat. Injuries now that I think about it. Yep. Since, uh, since, since Brian's year, really, I, I believe. Yeah. Well, Brian's year was, like, punk. Uh, just dipping, so I, I wouldn't call that an injury. Well, I call it injury in some in a, in a certain way. But the year after, the pretty much everybody was injured. The one yeah. in um, Dallas, it was yep. a, a ridiculous amount of injuries. 
you, you, you work these guys every fucking night and then you got guys doing like now you got guys doing SmackDown and Raw and then they turn around and do the, the Mix Max challenge and then they do like house shows and they're, they're going overseas like that just goes to the show like how many how much these guys really work and, and they work a lot yeah the, uh, next, the next point is uh, in more humorous news uh, Booker T wants to whip Corey Graves' ass but I tell you if I got Corey Gray's into a fisticuffs, I would beat him down like he stole something. What if? What would you do if Corey Gray was here right now? I would be right whipping now? his ass all day long. It came out this uh, this week on Booker T, or I want to say it was Stevie Ray's show, I believe, where uh, Booker T was talking about why he left the Raw announced team. Obviously, as you know, the coach has replaced Booker T on Raw, and he said that it was because of Corey Gray's. And he said, and this is just a, a loose quote here. If I see Corey Graves and it's not going to be at a WWE event, I'm going to basically put hands on. What do you guys think about that? Well, first of all, when it's a uh, when an old black man threaten you, he <laughs> he gonna he gonna um, answer that threat. And the funniest <laughs> the funniest part about it was when Booker T was like, "I'm gonna, when I find him, I'm gonna beat him until he say, Booker, stop beating me, please, please." <laughs> And he say he's gonna take him out. Today he's gonna take him back to the woodshed. I was like, wow, yes, yeah, Booker T. Yeah, Booker T gonna um My Booker man T just gonna see about professionalism him, out the window. Yeah. But shout out to him, he said he's not gonna do it at no events. He said he's not gonna do it at Raw, he's not gonna do that SmackDown. When you see him on the streets, it's over. <laughs> Yo, the streets. The streets is Corey Graves lurking on. Um Corey Graves looks know. kind of Corey Graves looks kind of fat now. Like his chin, like he's a lot. He's not. You got, right. got announcer weight, you know. You got announcer yeah. weight. He's sitting in the. He's sitting in a chair for at least six hours a week, and he's just like he's doing the best he can. Um, in terms of my, I you know my views on this, I'd like to quote the great Lamelo Ball, and he says, "Beat that nigga ass." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the great Lamelo Ball from Monday Night Raw. Just you know, I, if you, everyone knows. They have a uh, not. I, this is the first time I figure out they had an actual problem. I did not know they had a problem, but it kind of makes sense now um, because of how like Corey would sort of, be, I guess, belittle Booker T's opinions on Monday Night Raw and Booker T. You, would, you can't really see them. <laughs> but it, I mean, Booker T is. Fun. Listen, we had this debate last week. I think Booker T is fun on, com- on commentary. I'm not a fan of the coach in this week two thing. I think it's too play-by-play analysts and not enough like sports entertainment tea but yeah. it, um, it, it is what it is but like i think you know i guess this is just an old school sort of wrestling thing where he's just like you know what i, I can i can sense you taking shots at me and i don't fuck with it like i'm booker t i'm not just like you know tom phillips or byron saxton or one of those you know goobers like i'll actually like beat your ass like yeah he gotta um set an example because Corey graves like legit think it's a game like he was taking shots at him on raw this week <laughs> you, sometimes you just gotta you gotta punch somebody in the face i think Corey graves thinks that because he's not medically cleared to wrestle that he can't get his ass beat <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yo but Corey, but Corey is one of those like young sarcastic guys and i think that's why a lot of people like him on commentary especially but I could see, and Booker implied that there was a lot more problems behind the scenes between the two. 
Yeah, and and then essentially it was the reason why he was taken off a of commentary, and he's taken off every week. That's like a paycheck out of his hands. He's got kids. He's got a family. He's got to support yeah. that. Like it was a good, yeah. it was a good move over the last couple of months. I'd probably be be pissed too. I don't know how it was done, but you know, it, it looked like something was done. It might have come to a head. I think maybe one day and a couple of weeks ago, and it just basically they were like, okay, let's just get the coach. I, I feel like this has probably been a long time coming. They had to kind of smoothly. Uh, position Booker out of that role and I and I thought like what better way to do that with the start of their new quote unquote season going raw. It made sense, but Corey Gray's better watch his ass. I agree. It's not Booker not one to be fucked with. I wouldn't be just out here, you know, snickling and giggling on Raw. Bro, Booker jokes and he whooped Batista's ass. Like I'm not fucking with Booker T for fun. (laughs) (laughs) He, He destroyed Batista. Like just off rip, just was like, what you said something? Yeah. <laughs> don't think, don't think because we on this SummerSlam commercial, I won't beat your ass. Booker like, T went to prison, <laughs> probably for beating somebody's ass. So you know what? Uh, for for robbery, my dude. Yeah, yeah, arm robbery, strong arm robbery, strong <laughs> arm man. It's like the last person you should be messing with. Is a is a fucking arm robber. But yeah, that was no holds barred for the week. Let's get into the weekly shows. Amp, are you still with us? Yes, I'm still here. This is the most this is the most grueling part of our week. Me and Mill sit down and we watch over five to six hours of television straight through every single week. Oh and this God. week I have to I have to say this week, it, even though Raw wasn't a bad show, I, I started watching it late on Monday and I almost I almost YouTube it, y'all. Like I, but I, I did it. I managed to get through it. I'm gonna, um, I'm good. I'm gonna make a confession. I YouTube it this week. Wow. I did see certain parts of it, but I YouTube it. And one of the bad things about YouTubing is you don't see like the cut scenes and whatnot. You don't see the backstage promos. Nah, the YouTubing yeah. is just straight matches. Yeah. And you don't get the real context. But it, it's, you know, if you're looking for something like, yo, I'm I'm not really trying to sit there for three hours. I'm really just trying to kill 20 minutes. Like YouTubing is the way to go, but yeah, you lose a lot of like the context. Things are a little bit out of order from time to time. And then, you know, it is what it is. Like you probably didn't see like Oscar and Bailey had a somewhat like good to decent, decent to good match. Yeah. I thought that match was great, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, first, first thing on raw, uh, Roman Reigns and the Miz qualified for the elimination chamber. And uh, apparently the way that we're going to be finding out about the sixth member of the chamber is through a, four, a fatal four-way between Finn Balor, Matt Hardy, Apollo Crews, and Bray Wyatt, the most random foursome that you could ever find in your life. And they'll be fighting it out to figure out who, who will get the sixth spot because Elimination Chamber is literally in like a week and a half. But um, how do you guys feel about you know Roman Reigns and the, the misqualifying and the potential sixth person? I think, I think it's obvious who the sixth person is going to be. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's gonna be Apollo Cruz. Yeah, it's kind of. <laughs> I feel like you know what? I feel like it kind of should be Apollo Cruz. I feel like if there's any time to give Apollo Cruz like meals, meals. All right, so hear me out. Hear me out. No, hey, I'm listening because WWE kind of on the uh, shock win phase right now. They be, it, they, hear me they out. Pulling off some stuff. Look at the undercard for this card. It's virtually non-existent. <laughs> there's a there's Nia Jax and Oscar. There's a there's probably, I have no idea, there's another Elimination Chamber, and there's like two Elimination Chambers in that one other match. Maybe there'll be a tag title match. If you put Apollo Crews in the match, you put him in and you're able to have 
between maybe Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, maybe Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor. I don't know. But like, I feel like this is a time to give Apollo Crews, not even, you're not giving him the strap. You're just saying like, yo, at any time, at any place, this could be possible. Like, I mean, you know. Remember, remember the Elimination Chamber when Carlito and Chris Masters were in it? Remember that one? Yes. I do remember that. It was terrible. That's what, that's what this is. Yeah, thank you. They're not fucking putting Apollo Crews in that fucking match. But, but yeah, remember, that's what I'm about to say. Remember the Elimination Chamber where Santino almost won? And that was amazing. That was an amazing moment. Go ahead, Amp. Yeah, Elimination Chamber, like, every single one has one person that doesn't belong. Because I remember one year, like, our truth was in it. That's Elias. Yeah, Elias, yeah, yeah. Not chill. Elias just beat two former, no, well, not two, one former 16-time WWE champion and Braun Strowman. They just beat him on Raw. Who's getting pushed harder right now, Apollo Crews or Elias? Probably Elias. Okay, so that's why Elias is in the match. Apollo Crews is not, listen, this is to to splinter off two feuds. Obviously, Hardy and Bray, they're going to save that for whatever. I don't even know if that, how that's, uh, I don't even really care about that feud anymore. But I think that you're setting up all the mania feuds in the chamber. Obviously, Roman's going to win. Obviously, we're going to get Miz and Finn, whether it be Finn eliminating Miz or Miz doing something fucked up to Finn. And Elias is going to go ahead into whatever the fuck he has with, with John Cena. Those are That's going to splinter off all the feuds. And Braun Strowman is just going to be Braun. I just feel like this is an opportunity to give Apollo Crews just a rub for even just like a moment and just build some sort of momentum. You want to have, you have the rub. The match is the rub. I I agree. But you have, you have this star on raw who's just kind of floundering and you need something to sort of give him a jolt, maybe give him his confidence, maybe give him a pep in his step, maybe give him a purpose. And this is an opportunity to do so. I mean, he may not win. There's, there's three other way more capable competitors, but I feel like maybe Apollo Crew should win. I don't know. No, it's black history month. Come on. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Does not matter. Apollo is fine. The rub is the match. The rub is him being in there with a former Universal Champion, a former Tag Team ECW Champion, a former WWE Champion. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's his rub right there. Like, Apollo gets – he's been looking good, like, as far as matches go. They, they gave him a lot in the Miz match this week. But as far as it being his time, he's got to lose the, the Titus Worldwide bullshit. But I think it's going to be a tremendous match, even though it's, like, random as fuck. I love Titus Worldwide. <laughs> Oh, I love what it. I love what like it does. the weird. No, no, no. All right. So I love what it does for Apollo Cruz because it gives him an opportunity to speak where he had no previous opportunity to say a word ever. He just existed and did backflips and did front flips and did that, but he had no previous opportunity to talk. I like the. I I don't agree. It makes him like a jobber to me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Titus. Oh, yes. Titus O'Neil is a loser. It makes <laughs> him like a loser, and then you add Dana yes. Brooke, job squad. Makes him look bad. That's what I, that's what it looks like. He needs to get away. The only way Apollo can be dope is if he gets away from them and he has these matches like he had against Miz and like he had against uh, who do who he lose against? Then uh, who do who do have a match against? Oh, the the the, uh, the bar match he had where he like kind of just went off and, and and was like going going crazy. Like yeah, he needs to have moments like that by himself. He could have a moment like that in elimination chamber. Is all I'm saying. But yeah. All right. Um, goodbye, man. All right. Bye. Um, <laughs> the next point is raw. Uh, the heel turn of Sasha Banks is is. I think we're we're, we're pretty close to that happening, and, and that being a reality. Uh, this week we saw her have a promo with Bailey, where she basically was looking at her match 
with Asuka. And of course, Bailey had her match with Asuka on Monday. And it, it was kind of like a cool little competitive thing between her and Bailey, where Bailey was like, you know, I don't know if I can be Asuka, but I know I can be chill. And everyone in the crowd was like, oh, shit. And now it's, Sasha, it's you just heard the you just felt like a excuse me you just heard uh uh-uh, uh no she didn't like I heard that yeah. like that's how it but is, I, that's I, heard. But I like that because it, it wasn't like and, and here's what what I like about the storylines and, and this will intersect into the Bailey Oscar match as well I love that Oscar's streak is intersecting with so many storylines on Raw whether it be um. Alexa being paranoid about actually facing Oscar at WrestleMania or Nia being the one that wants to be her streak and her being the biggest threat to Sasha and Bailey coming up short and then starting to turn on each other or find their competitive edge because of the streak. Oscar is a force of nature. And I feel as though her character should be shaking up the division in that way. And I, and I love that they booked it this way because it makes Oscar even more important and it gives the women more purpose. I agree. I yeah, agree. Makes them right and right there. They stumbled onto it. I don't want to give them that much credit. Well, I, I wouldn't say, say stumble, but I mean, obviously you guys, you guys can see that the writing for the women has changed. Um, Ryan Ward, who wrote the women in NXT and he wrote them in SmackDown uh, in 2016, he's back on Raw now. So it's obviously you can see the difference between the way that the women are booked. They, they feel like human characters again. Meanwhile, yeah. like Road Dog has them looking like complete cowards and idiots every week. And I, I go ahead. No, I just like the fact there was also three women's matches on Raw um, this week, which is probably unprecedented, period. Yeah, and it's amazing. And, and I think you built your – like, Nia looks really strong. Even though Nia lied in her promo and said that, uh, that Asuka hasn't beaten her, I was like, what happened three weeks ago? Asuka just, just beat you. No, 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 no. She beat her in NXT, but they're not bringing yeah. it up. NXT yeah. don't count. Yeah, whatever. It counts but, um, and then it doesn't count. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, I, that's why I don't give him enough credit for this Oscar thing. <laughs> but I think that, you know, when it comes to mania, you break down into, into a, a lot of different lines. And of course, you had the really good, I gave it like three and a half stars, almost four stars. I, I really like Bailey and Oscar as far as a return to their matches from NXT. And, and of course, Oscar won. But I, I love that every time she's beating these women, we're seeing what he's doing to them. Because they, you know, they kind of lost a lot of that competitive edge, and I'm and I love to I, I love to see the the outcome of that. And um, Mills mentioned, you know, that they had a great match. I love the 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 stuff after the match where Oscar uh, shook Bailey's hand because remember she used to treat Bailey like she was like a nobody, and now it's, it's like it's respect there. And she also didn't do it to Sasha Banks, which is another uh, another little thing in this thing. Sasha Banks was in the ring crying, and you know. Uh, because she laughing. lost, Oscar was laughing, and now you know he gives the 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 nod to Bailey. What does Bailey deserve that over Sasha Banks? You know, we've seen a lot more aggressive Sasha Banks over the last couple of weeks. I like that they're hinting towards a turn. I hope they, because as good as Sasha is as a face, and she works as smaller than most of the other women, um, she's not at her full power unless she's, a, you know, the heel, the boss. She's yeah. not truly the boss unless she's, like, the badass Sasha Banks. Yeah, I agree right. with that. Um, and, and they also announced the women's, the, the participants in the women's elimination chamber in a really, a really awkward moment from Kurt Angle, which led into a really cool promo from Alexa Bliss, which actually heightened her, her paranoid character that they're building. The participants are, and I think we all guessed this other than like fucking Nia Jax, um, Bailey, Sasha, Alexa Bliss, obviously Mandy Rose, 
And was it is all of Absolution in it? No, mm-hmm. Mickey James. Mickey James. Mandy, yeah, and Mickey James. Yeah. Yeah, Mandy I had seen um, a couple like wrestling Twitter pages. They were like, Dave Meltzer reported these are the participants. And first of all, what Dave Meltzer said was completely wrong. And second of all, it's kind of obvious who was going to kind of be in there because yeah. it's but so much, so many women wrestlers on Raw. So I don't know why people was on their knees for Dave Meltzer when he announced that. Bro, Dave Meltzer is always wrong. He's yeah. literally got nothing right in the last because like, when he because he when he announced it, he put Nia Jax instead of Mickey James. So he was like completely yeah no and and. And I like the swerve because I like the um, and obviously the, they booked a match between Nia Jax and Asuka at Elimination Chamber, which should be a great match because you want to heat up Asuka as much as possible before she faces Alexa um, at WrestleMania. I had always thought that they would put Nia in the match and that they would have Nia beat Alexa or, or win the Elimination Chamber and have it be uh, Asuka and, and Nia Jax. But I think that Alexa and Asuka is the direction that they want to go in because Asuka has already beaten Alexa in January. And I thought I think that's a really good story to go into it that she's already faced her and she already knows what you know what's good. And I like the fact that they put the little stipulation that if Nia does win, she'll be entered into a WrestleMania match. I think it's something that gives the match a little bit more purpose. It gives them a little bit more to go, you know, for instead of just a match for the sake of a match. Yeah. Um, so it's a nice little added incentive. Yeah, really, really dope, really dope. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to the women's elimination chamber match. I think they, they can they can really kill it. Um, what do you guys think about the booking of the women on on Raw right now? Uh, they're doing a real good job with it. When it comes to WrestleMania, it looks like like we might have three to four women's matches this year. All from Raw. All from Raw. I think I only see one SmackDown women's match, and I think it's going to be Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. Yeah, and then Sasha and Bayley's probably going to get a match, and then we're going to have Oscar versus whoever she wrestled. Yeah, and Alexa, Nia Jax might be the the uh, the odd man out here, though. I I do think that there's a lot storyline wise you can do with Nia, Nia and Alexa, where it's like their breakup has to be more profound, and I always imagine it being like Nia finally turns her back on Alexa for being such a manipulative, you know person to her and then that leads to Alexa losing the title to Oscar or something like that I think that's a really good story there with Nia and, and Alexa which could lead to a program after Mania is over I think Alexa gonna lose that title in the Elimination Chamber I don't know who to who but I think she's probably gonna lose it there oh man but who who could realistically like what big match do you see come because she's beating all of these women like the only people it's- she has or the, the absolution chicks well the way they're building it they're making alexa look kind of weak so if yeah. she was she probably would need that elimination chamber win to look strong against oscar but mm-hmm. it's just like if you just look at the elimination chamber and then you look at alexa bliss you're like how the hell she's gonna win this match but it might be a fluke win uh now it might come out in there and help her he's the female edge uh, next to the to the real female edge but yeah. <laughs> I like the accusation on raw sexism. I feel like that's not used enough. And it's probably, and the thing is, it's probably way more, you know, accurate than, uh, than it's, it's, it's something where you could actually believe it considering how they've treated women over the last number of years and how, and the era that sort of Kurt Angle came from where, you know, maybe women, they didn't have the women's revolution. So something like that. So I like the, the sexism thing. Like it's a serious accusation. It's very heelish in terms of just like, wow, I can't believe she would stoop to that level. And it's very good. I think, you know, 
female yeah, edge. It's cool, but Kurt Angle, when she brought that up, Kurt Angle quickly destroyed her. He's like, you haven't even had a title match since October. And I had to think back, I was like, damn, it has been October. <laughs> and she said, and whose fault is that? I don't make the matches, you do. <laughs> yeah, <great. laughs> That was an excellent comeback. She basically shitted on Kurt Angle's life, and then all he had to say was, uh, do y'all think she should be in the match? <laughs> Stupid comeback. Uh, one more thing from Raw. Braun Strowman as a face. Where do you guys see this this continuing? I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm starting to hit my limit with Braun Strowman. I think I'm sorry. He, he looks like a loser to me, man. I don't <laughs> care, though. It's dope. They be like, bro and all that shit and everybody pops for that but it's like how many matches is he gonna lose I, I like it I don't know I feel like eventually he's gonna throw on the red and yellow and that's what he's gonna end up doing but um, I, I you know I like Braun as a face just because it's it's something that's organic um, because I think and it's something that they're getting behind. They're putting a lot of large set over the last couple of weeks. They're adding a lot of toys to, you know, his repertoire in terms of the trucks and, you know, ambulances and all these other things where he's doing it. They're really making him. It's really been an organic sort of like, I'm a face. I can, you know, do this. Um, I can, you know, it's a, it's really organic. That's what I like. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I thought that the uh, the power slam, like the 18 million power slams he gave to Cena and Elias on Monday, were really excessive. And it, it's I, I know the crowd wants it, but I I'm starting to like. Well, when's he going to have like a meaningful program where he's actually going to face face some adversity and he's not going to he's not going to be able to flip a flip a car or some shit on? Like I, I get that, that that they like the the stunts. But I also feel like they're testing us to see how far they can take the stunts before we say, okay, fuck this guy. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I, want, I want to clean up what I said. I kind of said Braun was a loser. I, I don't legit think he's a loser. I just think that, like, he just needs something meaningful. Like, he just, like, in that triple threat match, he kind of looked like a goof how he lost that. Because he just, uh, he power slammed Cena. Then he just let Elias just, like, push him out the ring like it was nothing. Absolutely. And he, that shouldn't happen. You know, I, I feel like the booking of that match was kind of weird. And of course, that match was a triple threat between Cena, who felt like an afterthought on this show, Braun and Elias. Uh, and, the, and the person who won would be the last person that gets into the elimination chamber. And Elias won that. So he'll be the sixth person to enter, which should be really cool. I would I would love for him to have like a microphone and his guitar in the actual chamber so he sings for the, for the, for the whole oh, match. Wow. That would be amazing. Oh, that'd be amazing. They got to do that. I think that would be hilarious because he's going to be in there. You know, he's going to he's obviously going to be there to the end. So I, I want to see how that will that, how that will work and then eliminate him quickly because just to, for the comedy aspect of it. Um, so let's let's get to to SmackDown, which I thought was a much improved show uh, from the past two weeks where nothing last week kind of felt like a nothing show, even coming off of the Rumble. We have the Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan feud that is continuing again this week. They kind of dropped it for the past three or four weeks, and now it's back where it's now um, Shane McMahon came out last night and said that uh, Bryan was, you know, obviously showing favoritism. It's the same promo. It's the same one thing he did say. (laughs) The one thing he did say was that he feels as though, and he hasn't said this yet. He said that Bryan, he feels as though Bryan is living vicariously through KO and Sammy. Burn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it uh, just me or did it sound like he was about to fire him? 
Yeah, and it felt it sounded like he was about to cry too. Like he was getting choked up and shit. And I was like, whoa, whoa, what's yeah, going yeah. on? I'm like, I'm like, is Dave Bryant about to get fired? That's how I felt the whole time. But then it's just like led to nothing. And then it, and then it it becomes an issue where you you do this tease and they're doing this tease again, where it's like you want to be in the ring and it's like, are they actually gonna put him in the ring? And yeah, you know, don't don't you know jerk people around like that. That's kind of messed up because I do, you know every year everyone and they, and they know this every year everyone's just like, is this will be the year Daniel Bryan enters the Royal Rumble or is this the year that he returns at WrestleMania? And this is kind of like looking like the year, but then they could also just jerk us around and be like, well, representing Daniel Bryan in this feud is blah, 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 blah. And, you know, don't continue to do this feud if it's not going to pay off in the ring. That's all I really care about because it's been going on very, very long. It makes me think they're actually going to put him back. In I, I think that it's it's a bad thing to really tease people with the the possibility that Daniel Bryan will come back. But essentially, I, I think, like, if he did come back, what match could he have? Like, there's no match. He, like, I don't want to see Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. Oh, uh, I do. Well, not, not like, them teaming up. I would want to see a Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Sammy and KO. That would wow. be a good match. That might actually be dope. But, th- but then, the, again, like, Ant, we've seen, we've seen Sammy and KO versus Shane. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. You got to think about it. Shane going to need a match this year. He he don't want a match. Yeah, you're right. But so that tag them two tag teaming would be a good match because then if Daniel Bryan is like all the way not ready to wrestle, you can kind of like hide it within a tag match. Right. I I think that it's a good idea. I mean, essentially, you 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 knock your birds out with one stone. But there's so many matchups that we want to see. Like I feel as though when people hear, if they hear that Daniel Bryan's ready to go, they're gonna want the Shinsuke match. They're gonna want the AJ Styles. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you want to build that up first. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right about that. But you gotta just tell the fans, like, hey, if you want Daniel Bryan back and you want him to stay this time, just like let him be like a main attraction. Like let Daniel Bryan be like Undertaker. Just how like. Brock Lesnar. Two to, yeah, two to three matches a year. Like, if the yeah, fans be mad about that, fuck them. <laughs> of course, of course, but of course, we know that's not going to happen. Uh, Daniel Bryan's never coming back. So, yeah. Do you guys feel as though like this program is like super boring? Like, I'm. I don't get. I don't know where it's going. Like, it's going. Yeah, everywhere. I don't know where it's going. So I don't. I don't have a a clear. Um, Hey, oh, man, this match is going to be so awesome because they literally have not gotten physical ones. I'm waiting for someone to just do that angry white man shove. <laughs> like, come on, bro. Like, just shove him down and just a bit of rage. Like, Shane McMahon turns red or orange or something and just shoves Daniel Bryan down or something. And it just leads. That's what I'm waiting for. That's what they're, that's what they're waiting for, pretty much. Yeah. Well, we did see him take two bumps, Daniel Bryan. Oh come on, man! Those are not fucking bumps. <laughs> come on, those are bumps. Uh, do not do not call those bumps, bro. Uh, the, the, next, <laughs> the next point of, of this is, uh, and I guess this is really the only big thing that really happened in the show, other than a really good Usos promo. I, I really think that Usos are bar none one of the, some of the best talkers and and the best team in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they body that promo, man. Great promo. Um, the the fast lane main event has been has been. Uh, revealed rather we, we saw it unfold on smackdown it was Sami Zayn and, and kevin owens in a really good match with the shitty finish which is this seems like the mo for smackdown now with that had aj styles f- 
for some strange reason, attack Sami Zayn to cause a DQ. And of course, now the match is a triple threat between AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. What do you guys feel about this? I, I'm I'm so tired of seeing AJ Styles and Kevin Owens wrestle. Yeah, I'm 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 tired of it too. That made AJ Styles look ridiculous. How he just like punched Sami Zayn because Sami Zayn didn't put his hands on him. He was just like in his face. Like all yeah. you gotta do is just like, hey, fuck out of here. Like he just got up and just punched Sami Zayn. He hit him with the trailer park punches. He uh he hit then he hit KO too. I'm like, what the hell going on? <laughs> oh my god what kind of they make aj they, they constantly undermine aj in this program and they're the only time he's really felt like something of a champion was the Jinder mahal stuff and now it just seems like he is literally at the mercy of two you know powerful gm and commissioners who basically tell him whatever they want you know whatever they want him to do and he looks i mean obviously we know these guys aren't going to win I, I i just don't know why you book this match with, with no type of heat like I don't get it. I agree. It's a, I don't know. It's just everyone's over the match. But then again, this is just like SmackDown. Like, um, you know, this is just like, obviously, this is a filler pay-per-view until WrestleMania. I have no idea. And we're getting Shinsuke versus uh, AJ Styles at WrestleMania. So this is obviously just like, oh, we don't have anything else to do. We don't really, maybe we don't really want to hurt anybody else. So let's just make this a triple threat match. This is the natural progression. And it's just, I don't, know, I don't really want to see it, but I'm sure it'll be good. I, here, here's my, let's, be real, let's be real real quick. SmackDown doesn't need any more pay-per-views until WrestleMania. So I don't even know why they have one. They don't. <laughs> they don't have one for like five months after this. So just let them, let them have this pay-per-view. Oh, shit, they don't. You're right. They don't have another one until after um, like after May, after June. Yeah. I'm for it. It's like money in the bank. <laughs> money, in the bank is their, money in the bank is their next one. That's going to be real rough. That's going to be a, that's going to be a real rough. It's a fight. joint pay per view. Oh, it's a joint pay per view. Holy shit! So they don't have yeah. anything at all. Also, after SummerSlam, I believe, like they literally oh, I'm don't. For have, this. I'm for oh this. wait, no, nah, they have they have. Um, I think backlash. <laughs> backlash. 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 Yeah, but that's still in like May. So they really have nothing f- between, um, I guess, March and May, and then nothing again until after SummerSlam. Oh, well, I mean, they literally have like two people per fucking division on that show. So it makes sense. But here's my, my pie in the sky booking um, for that, that Fast Lane main event. I think Nakamura is going to come out and help AJ win. Because his whole thing is, I'm going to beat you at WrestleMania. And I think that Nakamura is going to be the one that's like, I want this match more than anybody, and I'm not going to let these these two guys beat you. I think that's what's going to happen. Like that's what's going to set up that match and that storyline. There was AJ like, I didn't need your help type shit, and and I kind of see it happening. But I I really like what they do with Nakamura, where it's like less is more, where it's like he's just hanging out in the shadows. Like I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you. I think they should focus less away from their actual problems and focus on like this is the opportunity at the main event of WrestleMania and just sort of work towards that. Maybe have them all in the ring at some point over the next couple of weeks with Nakamura and just standing one-on-one and just be like, yo, imagine this sort of main event. Imagine this main event. Imagine you have Sammy versus Nakamura. You know, they headlined NXT Dallas a few years ago. Now they're in the main event. Imagine KO uh, versus Nakamura or imagine, you know, AJ Styles and you give people, you make them seem like it could be any one of those three, and any one of those three are a really good match, nonetheless. 
We've right. already had KO versus like uh, Nakamura like fifty times already. It's been boring every time. Now it's at WrestleMania. Uh. <laughs> KO himself is just falling off. Like I, I, I thought he showed glimpses of greatness in the Sammy match, but that's because they could do this match in their sleep. I, I think he's time off. Yeah, me too. I think he needs to get a write off or something. Like I, I think he really does need time to really refresh his character and, and come back cool. And I honestly come back as a face. Like I think I'm ready for that. I think everyone is. I think I am too. Yeah. Um, what did you guys feel about this this SmackDown top ten list that got revealed this week? This confusing list that they they brought up last week, where it was essentially the this is all kayfabe, or I, I'm not even sure if it's a work or a shoot. But it, from what they're saying, it's a shoot that the the talent backstage picked a top ten list, and they will be picking a top ten list. I guess it's every week. Uh, the first one came out this week. Uh, Ty Dillinger is number ten, obviously, and strangely. Uh, Randy Orton is number nine. Becky Lynch is number eight. The Usos are number seven. The New Day are number six. Bobby Roode is number five. Naomi is number four. Shinsuke Nakamura, number three. Charlotte Flair, number two. And AJ Styles, number one. I think Naomi used the black vote and managed to get really, really high. Because I was like, oh, Naomi. I mean, I'm not mad at it, but I'm like, wow, this is really high, especially over multiple champions. Um, But I don't see the, the point of this. Especially when you have two of the champions on top, it's like, are we supposed to give them more opportunities? They're the champions. It's the um, setup. I think it's the setup programs because I mean, you saw Randy Orton come out and RKO Bobby Roode, and that kind of showed him like, hey, I'm trying to bump my way up to the number five spot. Like that could. This is like the equivalent of like the hottest MCs. It's like, man, I'm yeah. not number eight. I'm number one. Like Kanye yeah. is like, how dare you put me at number eight? Yeah, oh I'm God. glad I'm glad you cleared that up for me because when you were saying that list, I was like, are they supposed to be using this like motivation for the background? Because Brandy Orton at number nine is kind of like a shot to him because he's just been coasting for like the last two years. So it's like, are they yeah. just doing this to say, hey, Randy, get your shit together? And and Rusev not even on the list. It's a bunch of faces. It's a bunch of baby faces on this list. Like there's no heels on this list whatsoever. Damn, that's yeah. trash. Which is crazy. Yeah. To look, it's, it's crazy to look at that and be like, damn, there are literally 11 uh, or shit, 13, 14 people up here that are faces on this show. Like that shows you like the real heel discrepancies. And it's like, and even still, uh, KO and Sami Zayn aren't even on this list. But well, obviously no one likes them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Storyline wise, nobody likes them. But it's like, it's just a weird list. I don't, I don't know how long this is going to last, but I think the first program out of it is going to be Randy Orton and Bobby Roode. I think that was the first thing I, I thought of when he, when he uh, RKO'd Bobby Roode. And New Day should not be over the period. I, I, I completely agree with that. I don't even know. I don't, we're, the thing that makes it frustrating to me is that we don't know how they vote and when they vote and what they base it on, and we don't know who does it. And I think that's what kills this for me. Can we uh, talk about that Orton and Roode feud real quick? Do y'all think that Rude is going to go heel on this uh, feud? Uh, or is just going to stay face versus face? Uh, gosh, I did not think of that. That's what I think about this feud. Because um, <laughs> I think this is going to lead to a Mania match. I think this is probably going to be Randy's match right here. Yeah, well, it's definitely not going to – he's not going to start a feud with Rusev because he's beaten him in like four seconds at SummerSlam. And like <laughs> he's embarrassed him for months. 
Um, so I think it leads to maybe we get, you know, John Cena's kind of like Orton run where he's like, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to elevate the United States championship by like facing him and stuff. Like, I don't know. Um, it would be nice. I assume Rude would probably get pissed off and turn heel eventually. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for I want to say the United States title is the only title Randy hasn't had yet, right? Pretty I much. I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because he just got go. the SmackDown. He got the SmackDown ones last year, right? Yeah, he won it with Bray Wyatt. Yeah. No, I thought it was with Luke. It was it was a Luke? I thought right. It was a little, it was a little free bird. No, nah, it was it was they did a little free birds. Yeah. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, that, we, we all remember that. That's a sad moment. A real black mark on SmackDown. I think that's the, that's the shift when SmackDown started getting going downhill after that because. And we had gender right after that. We had gender right after that. Well, not right after, but yeah, eventually. Yeah, it was way after. It was like after WrestleMania. It was in June. It was like two months after. No, I'm saying you making it seem like it happened like directly after, like like the tag that, team. Yeah, like that happened in 2006. Gender didn't happen to like the summer 2017. Wait a minute. Wait a, no, no, no. That was the same year. That was last year. It was 2017. He won the titles. He won the titles with Bray in 2017. Oh, I thought you were talking about the tag titles. Yeah, he won the tag titles with Bray and, and Luke and them. But that, I, thought that they, I thought they won the tag titles before uh, Royal Rumble. They actually did. Yeah, they won it towards like, this is like right when they did the little little brand split or whatever. Because they had won it from um, Rhino and Heath. Oh and yeah, you right. lost them to American Alpha. Yeah, you're, you're right. They, they, yeah, they, they, like, they took they took the titles off them too quick off the Wyatt family. Oh yeah, way too quick. But you know, I get yeah. it. Because they lost the titles in like three weeks or something like that. It was ridiculous. Had to had to push that uh had had to push that fucking uh, Bray Wyatt feud to to the brink. That was the most important thing. Yo, that few have potential, man. They dropped had, the ball over there. Right, they see, had so much potential. Thank you, Am, because I was I say the same thing. Like that feud had potential. Like it had something. Like there was something there. There was backstory. There was nuance. There was things you could go back to. There was, you know, just the, something that they've never done before. And now it was just like, oh fuck. Well, here we are now. Randy Orton just threw Bray Wyatt into an empty fridge and left him there. Yeah. Uh I I don't think anything about Brandon. I don't think any about anything about Bobby Roode because I didn't think that highly of him in NXT, and I don't really see why he's still there. I think he would be a better player coach than he is a active talent right now. Um, I felt as though they they when he left NXT, he should have just kind of left you know the whole pool in itself. But I mean, if Randy Orton and Bobby Roode, that'd be a great pre-show match. Congratulations to them. Um, <laughs> Did anybody watch the, the mix match challenge? I've completely fallen off of this, so this is like literally on whoever watched it. You know, I do. <laughs> Shout out to you because I haven't watched it since the first week. Um, yeah. it, it was fun. These matches aren't actual matches; they're like fun shit. So they're doing a lot of comedy in this match, a lot of um, you know, dancing and kissing and all this other stuff. So it's not actual matches. And then Rusev and Lana came out. And then all this other stuff. So it's like, it's fun. And I think that's really what's supposed to be. It's kind of a kid show. It's a little, it's high key. Like definitely like if you're 10, you'll enjoy this a lot. And I feel like I'm 10 in the brain. So maybe that's why I enjoy it. 
Yeah, you might be. I think you are. <laughs> two, two on five live. Uh, excellent fucking show. Um, this isn't even to to, to discount Lindsay Dorado and Kalisto, who had a who did a, a legitimate three star match. I thought it was great. But I a think legitimate so, three star. Yeah, legitimate <laughs> It didn't. It didn't go. Uh, it didn't go to the four star territory for me. It was three point five. Three. Yeah, that's fair. I get. I, I saw I somebody's that. head sliding really on somebody's back, and I was just like, "What is going on?" <laughs> I, I was like, "Is this WWE? Like, what is going on here?" Like, bro? and you got served like a face slide down somebody's back. I was like, "Okay, well." That was the reverse Rana spot, wasn't it? That was the reverse Rana spot, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That shit looked like it hurt. Like, that shit looked terrible. <laughs> But I, I do know who did have a great and legitimate four-star match, and that is Hideo Matami and Roderick Strong who fucking tore it up for 17 yeah, minutes and killed them to a completely fucking quiet crowd. Oh, wow. It was quiet? Damn. I really got to watch this show, man. I assume what, you didn't left. watch the match? I didn't watch any of 205 Live. I haven't watched 205 Live, man. I, I, I was working on, you know, quick plug i was working on rnc radio but i think you should go back and watch the the roger oh i'm gonna watch it i'm definitely that was a a good match you can't blame them for like have y'all been to like a smackdown taping with the 205 lines attached to it yes no yes i have i've not do you j5 you gotta admit once you get to that 205 no matter how much of a wrestling enthusiast you are you're dead at that point because you just got done watching a big yawn yeah, you know. it's it's over, man. They don't they don't care because I don't know if you looked in the crowd, but they let people like stand in the front, like and you know, shit like yeah. that. They just let people come from like the top of the arena and just come to the bottom. They the security don't even be like checking people. That's how you see. That's how Callisto got hit with that soda. <laughs> Nobody, <laughs> security, at that point, security just don't give a damn. So. No, nah, man, I get off ten thirty. It is ten forty five. What are we still doing here? Like, and, <laughs> that's what and, security and then more more than that, like you're just conditioned not to care about these guys. And I think it's going to be a really uphill battle for Triple H and and the creative on two hundred five live to continue. To, hey, so here's the thing: I don't think they should go away from doing matches like this, and I don't think they should bring back any type of interview segments and shit like that. You should continue to do what you're doing and make these people care again. Because I think they know it's going to be a, a really uphill battle to do this. But I, I I completely agree. Like, you're tired at that point. But then you're also like, why the fuck should I care about Lindsay Dorado? I've never even seen him have a match longer than two minutes. Yeah. And what is on his feet? Like, what the hell are those? <laughs> but <laughs> but you, you you get that feeling, and you know I'm I'm already pooped after like SmackDown after just being frustrated by SmackDown. I think SmackDown's terrible booking um, is a terrible <laughs> opener or like lead into 205 Live. It makes you not want to watch wrestling anymore. Um, it's a. I think it's a good show. I think you know what. I think if they stay the course with this sort of physical action, I think people will grow to appreciate it. Um, at least being like, yo, you're guaranteed at least one three star to four star match every show. And then uh, next week you have a you have a really like really really good show uh, next week with with Mark Andrews will be showing up on next week's episode from from obviously the uh, the UK tournament. Mm-hmm. And we there what was this oh the second match was uh Tony Nice and uh Tony Nice and Gula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, is this is this Roderick Strong's official call up? 
No. I th- I, no, it's not because he's on. He's all over NXT TV for the next month. So no. Yeah, and even when they put it on the Twitter, they said NXT Zone. Roddy yeah. Strong. Hey, can yeah. I make a confession real quick? What's up? All right, a couple of weeks ago, I was like very intoxicated, so I was like, I was in and out of my sleep. So my team usually at uh, on Wednesdays, I have uh, WWE Network on in the background. So two or five live was on, so I'm like. And then I sleep. I'm intoxicated off the Crown Royal, so I, I wake up out of my uh, liquor liquor nap. So I'm looking at the TV and I see it's Lindsay Dorada. So I've never seen him before. So he had you know how he got the cat mask. So I yes. looked at the TV. I was like, I know that's not Prince Puma because I thought it was, <laughs> I thought that was Prince Puma. I was like, man, don't tell me it's Prince Puma on Two Hundred Five Live. So I'm looking at, I'm on Twitter searching, and then they said, nah, that's Lindsay Dorada. I was like, wow. I was like, I was like, that's good, because I thought they had Prince Puma, a.k.a. Ricochet, debuting in a damn cat mask, but that was just the crown royal, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I had <laughs> Ricochet, that's a perfect segue into the NXT section of the show. Amp, have you read any of the NXT spoilers for the next month? Yeah, I read all of them. Um, we're not going to spoil it for you guys um this week or, or or whatever but nxt is in overdrive i think nxt is looking like it's going to be really a top show for the next five weeks uh this this week you have sanity versus the undisputed era and you also have a bianca belair match as well but you also have a very big match coming up i don't know if we, do we want to announce this yet or do we want to wait until next week when it when it happens so NXT is pretty much going to air like an hour from now. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like we can say this, and considering the show will be out tomorrow, we can comfortably say yeah. this, and it'll be fine. Unless Good. they somehow okay. d- delete it from the show and say, hey, we're doing this next week. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I, I, I'm with you. I don't think they'll delete this uh, segment. Uh, obviously, it's not an announced segment, but Johnny Gargano will be coming out. Uh, or does come out and he does put his career on the line against Andrade Cien Almas. And we will be getting uh, Almas Gargano four next week on NXT TV with uh, its title versus career. And I think this is a really ballsy and it's a really, really cool program to do. And it's a really cool storyline to do with Johnny Gargano in particular. I'm not going to give away what happens but I think that this is going to be, again, and I said this with, uh, a couple months ago with NXT before Rumble, you're going to want to watch NXT every Wednesday starting this Wednesday. Gargano's walling. <laughs> I think this is complete. Like, I'm talking just from a kayfabe standpoint, this is complete overkill. I don't think you need to put your career on the line um, just to receive another title match. Maybe he thought he was very so close, just like so close. Like, I'd do anything just to have another title match. And maybe Zelina Vega is just like, I don't really want to deal with this anymore. Like, so let's put your career on the line so you can get out of our face forever and take your wife with you. Yeah. Um, but it's, a, <laughs> it's, I think it's, it's, you know, kayfabe standpoint, it's overkill, but you know, it should be a good match nonetheless. I got a question for y'all. So if I'm not mistaken, when they did the two oh not I'm saying two oh five, when they did the NXT tapings, did they do it up until like the last two weeks before Mania? Yes, they did it up to the last two weeks. These these tapings will end, I wanna say, let me look at the calendar really quick. These tapings will stop on the seventh. Well, a quick question. You think they possibly gonna do like a live show before then? Um 
I haven't just, heard it. Yeah, it's just it's a question out my ass. You 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 probably know. I don't know. Do you think they probably gonna do a live show? Because it's just odd that they did it leaving like two weeks left. Well, they're they're gonna go back to full sale. I think they'll end it in full sale. And I think for a certain storyline, I think you'll want to be in. You'll want to have um, that storyline end at full sale. If you know what I'm talking about. And okay. Because yeah, yeah. And I think um, with this, like, I mean, they've taped it pretty much all up to then they have free reign to like pretty much like just tape anytime they want through the month of February, as long as full sales free or something, but they have like, they could start tapings for like up to mania next week or, you know, even the week after that. So good. Yeah. And, yeah you also don't want to TNA yourself. Cause you remember back in the day when TNA used to do like four months of taping and then like somebody would leave or somebody would die or something or somebody get injured. Wow. Yeah, that give you like that give you like two weeks to clean it, clean up whatever you got leading up. So that's a good point. Yeah, I, I I'm not I haven't heard anything about a live show. I do know that they will probably be on the same the same schedule. But if you're looking at if you're looking at just the weeks left, you already know that that like it's it's gonna go down in, in those last three weeks, and we're gonna start to see the card fully form because at, at the end of the the five week tapings, we have no clue how it's gonna end. So I think that it's gonna it's really going to start to take shape after this. And I'm really excited for the future of NXT um, going into going into mania I, or mania weekend. I, I think that it's going to be a fucking tremendous show as well as with all of them, as with all of them, obviously, but yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's everything we have on the show. Um, we usually do something at the end of the show called the match of the week. Amp, do you have a match of the week? Um, this is like a match that I watch like, three times a week. I mean, <laughs> not three times a week, three times a month is Daniel Bryan versus Triple H at WrestleMania 30. Five-star match. I love that match. I watch that match three times a month. Like, I can't that's, stop watching it. That Tiger suplex, man, is fucking amazing. Like, Triple H did a fucking Tiger suplex. I'll never forget that shit. I watched the main event also, even though uh, I don't know if y'all noticed it, like 10 minutes worth in the match, like Batista was like completely blown up and he was just, like <laughs> non-existent until like the end of the match. And then that fucking that RKO Batista bomb is like one of the most painful looking things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, because Randy like landed like one of one of those old school monitors, like his and it, like he come he broke it with his back. So I don't know, like I don't know how he continued. His dumbass should have pulled that out. Like he he was lacing it up. He pulled out one monitor and was like, "I'm good. I don't even know. I don't even see the other one." And then it's just like, "No, dumbass. It's under the table." Yeah, it's fucking. I I thought that 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 did more harm to uh, to to Brian than it did it, it did Randy. Like Brian was taking some crazy bumps, and he had to wrestle two times that night. I think he'd be all right. <laughs> hey, did did um Daniel Bryan injure himself during the match? Cause like towards the end, like I noticed it all the time. Like he can barely hold up like both of the titles with one of his arms. He might have had a stinger. I feel like he might have, he was just selling. I feel like he was just selling the match. Yeah, he did wrestle twice and then didn't Triple H focus on the arm too? He did focus on the arm. Yeah, he did some, oh, okay. some submission. He did a shoulder submission or some shit like that. Um, what's your match of the week, uh, week Mills? Um, okay, so this match happened. This ha- this match happened like four years ago on my birthday. So you're gonna have to go back to like this wild, obscure Raw. Um, it's Raw, February seventeenth, two thousand fourteen. John Cena versus Cesaro. Amazing match. 
it's just one of those you probably don't remember it but it was like the first of like i think it was a u.s open challenge uh match and it was just fucking amazing uh, my my match of the week i've been watching a lot of really shitty wcw <laughs> good for you because people I need to watch it I just finished reading or rather listening to the death of WCW book. And I think that that book is amazing. It's required. I, I think anybody who is a fan of wrestling should read or get the audio book. It's free on audible right now on Amazon, uh, the death of WCW and shout out to my boy Cyrus for, for putting me on it and telling me that it was free. Cause I've always been wanting to, to uh, listen to it. Watch the, <laughs> watch the Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior match from Halloween Havoc. <laughs> I've seen clips. I need you guys to go back and watch that and tell me how you, especially you, Amp, because you're funny as shit. I want you to tell me how you feel about Hulk Hogan versus the Warrior at WCW Halloween Havoc 98. I actually seen that match like a long time ago. I remember it was like when it was like leading up to the matches and like Ultimate yeah. Warrior was coming out in like some jeans or some shit. Like he didn't come out of yeah. the warrior gear. Like he just came out like it's a pair of jeans. And then I it's funny moment. Like when uh Hulk Hogan was like he was like looking in a mirror or something, and he seen like Ultimate Warrior yeah. like staring at him in a mirror. And it was like some yes. of the worst like CGI ever. <laughs> it wasn't CGI, yeah. it, was, it was literally just them looking at each other and Eric Bischoff making like <laughs> acting like warrior in the mirror like it was like the oh my god out. yeah it was like terrible go back and watch this not, yeah I i'm the- literally watching it on youtube now yeah i remember yes. the build up to it but i seen the match like a long time ago because that's like one of the reasons why i stopped watching wcw listen wcw is some trash and it's been tough to get through these nitros i think these nitros are like the bottom of the barrel but then again i think a lot of the attitude Aaron, uh rolls were really bad too yeah, I do too. I like early two thousands WWE or WWF, whatever it was called. That's and you know what's funny? Mine. You know what's funny? I hate WCW, but my favorite wrestler of all time is Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, the greatest old man wrestler in the world. Yeah, but I just watch. I watch his matches, and then like I cut it off. Like back in the day, like once Diamond, once DDP had his match, I was like, okay, that's enough of this bullshit. But yeah, that, that's uh, that's the that's this episode of the A Show. I want to thank Amp for for being so patient with us and, and uh, helping us out today with everything, especially this call. Like you, you've been a lifesaver, my brother. No problem. Thank my bladder for not currently exploding. Uh, oh shit, we we gotta we're gonna have to wrap this. <laughs> Do you have anything to push though, Amp? Do you have anything to sell? Um, well, y- y'all can check out my podcast. Y'all can follow me on Twitter, Ampavelli. My podcast, Random Acts of Podcast, you can check that out on iTunes. Uh, what else we on? SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wow. all that money. good shit. Yeah, right. That's money. How you get on Spotify? That's real money. How, tell me how to do that, bro. I have no clue because, you know, it's funny. I had got a, um, you know, Fat Kid Deals. They did like a little, they had some kind of jig where like you got like a year of Spotify for like $9. So I never yeah. used Spotify before, so I had copped that jig. And then I had, I was like, fuck it, let me put random as a podcast. And then I seen this shit. I was like, I definitely did not submit this in, but I'll take it. I'll take the extra platforms. But Wow, you got, you got money. You got real money, bro. That's that's crazy. Wish hey, I could man. be like. Hey, man, I, I, I'm, I'm poor, man. But uh, 
Shout out to y'all for bringing me on the show, man. I, I listen to this show every week. I listen to all the all the uh, RNC stuff. So shout out to y'all. Man. Thank you. And, and speaking of RNC, of course, we have a very, very deep lineup for you guys today, or, or not today, this week, including the A Show 4 this week. We had RNC Radio with me and Josh Pease, obviously. And we talk about Josh Pease and his entrance into the music industry. And it's something that, like, if you're into music or if you're into just learning about how the way the industry works and marketing and stuff like that, Josh really lays it out. I think it's one of the best episodes of RNC Radio. I advise you guys to go check it out on our SoundCloud or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, And we also have a brand new playlist for you guys this week we always got the dope playlist and i want to give a shout out to Corey towns for helping us curate the uh, philly our philly john playlist where we have the best you know celebrating the super bowl and the, and the eagles winning the super bowl we have some of the best uh philadelphia based tracks from the from beanie siegel and um meek mill and obviously i'm, I'm just giving you the most popular guys but there's more on there but the link is going to be in the description for you guys on this episode of uh the a show mills do you have anything else you want to add um, no, no, I don't. <laughs> I have to pee. Will's about to pee on himself. I little. Uh, I felt a little bit. Uh, as always, you can follow me at OG Johnny Five, and you can follow Meals at Meals TV. That is M E E L Z TV for another episode of the A Show. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you next week with the latest and greatest in pro wrestling. Bye, guys. Happy Rusev Day. <laughs>